Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Sexually Liberated Woman podcast gets love from Shock Rubs. Shock Rubs makes beautiful handcrafted sexual wellness products from 100% pure crystal. Crystals are a natural, earth-made material that help to awaken higher levels of consciousness, work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that, put it in sex toy form, and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I have my own shock rub that's made of 100% rose quartz, which is this really beautiful soft pink colored crystal that helps me cultivate self-love, opens my heart chakra, and heightens my capacity to feel pleasure. And my orgasms are incredible. So if you want to bring sacredness and a little witchiness to your erotic life, head to shockrubs.com and use the code LIBERATION to get 10% off your purchase. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S dot com, promo code LIBERATION. And may your orgasms be plentiful. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. I'm Evian Whitney and I'm back. It feels so good to be back in the studio again chatting with you. I've missed you a lot and I'm really excited to have returned back to the land of the living. My hibernation was good, though not as restful and restorative as I would have liked at times thanks to the election of a certain sentient bunion. Uh, That whole thing really threw me off my groove and has been a giant weight on my black, femme, tender queer shoulders. Watching the violence unfold, the Muslim ban, the unabashed uprising of white supremacy, feeling like my very existence is trying to be taken out. Things are overwhelmingly heavy right now. But I don't want to talk about that. I've spent too much time thinking about my depression and my anxiety. I want to talk about things that are giving me light and life right now. I want to talk about things that are bringing me joy and leaving me feeling capable and powerful. That's why this podcast exists for me, to instigate conversations that celebrate sex and orgasm and sensuality and self-care and to remind me of the deep healing and self-realization that can come from those things. And I think that's actually a perfect segue into what this particular episode is about. 
This week, I sat down and asked my mom to talk about sex with me. So a little context, I've always been really, really close to my mom and we got even closer after my dad left us when I was 18, but we never really talked about sex. It was a subject that rarely came up and when it did, it felt like it shouldn't have. Growing up, I actually resented that I couldn't talk to my mom about sex. I hated that I wasn't brought up in a liberal sex positive household that I wasn't given permission to explore my sexuality outside of shame. And that's why this particular conversation I had with my mom is so important. It brought a lot of perspective and context to my own upbringing around sex and my body. There are a lot of things that came up during our chat that I didn't know about my mom. Some of them funny, some of them pretty heavy. Actually, a lot of this conversation was difficult for me to hear in the moment, but her vulnerability, the unapologetic way she spoke her truth, gave me so, so much. It made me see her in a new light, and it brought closure to something that I'd been carrying for a long, long time in my sexual life. And I never thought I'd say this, and not because I didn't believe she had it in her, because we just never talked about this kind of stuff, so I never really had a concept of it. But my mom is a sexually liberated woman, and I'm really excited for you to meet her. Okay, a quick few things before we get started. My mom and I had this conversation in a fancy hotel suite on the coast of Oregon, so you might hear a little background noise. Another thing, My mom and I touch briefly on her sexual history, which includes non-consensual sex and glimpses of an abusive relationship. We don't go too deep into it, but if you think that hearing about a woman's experience of sexual trauma might be too triggering for you, definitely take care of yourself and save this episode for another time. Okay, without further ado, here's my mom. Uh, Her name is Simone. This is so weird to be interviewing you. Why? Because you're my mom. I just and totally like, like love this. I just want to be a news reporter. <laughs> um, I can interview you if you want me to. I mean, you could interview me. Maybe we can do that for for another time. Um, yeah. No, I'm just I'm nervous because like we don't really talk about sex that much. So I want to make sure that like we stay within certain boundaries and I don't make you uncomfortable because I'm down like I can talk about sex all day every day but I just want to make sure that you're going to be fine I'm good okay okay so what was your first memory of sex or sexual energy what do you mean by sexual energy well I mean like like maybe I don't know maybe like you had a feeling of awareness yeah like an awareness of sex sure Like, what was your first memory of sex or your first sort of awareness that sex existed? I don't really think that I had much of an awareness for quite a while because it was more taboo. I really don't think that I really even thought about it until maybe one day walking in on my parents. You walked in on Nona and Dadad? Yes, I did. And when I did, I was very confused by what I was seeing. How old were you? 
I probably was about seven, maybe. Oh my god, I had no idea. Seven or eight, and I was kind of a panic because I thought that something was wrong, and it seemed as if he was more on top of her, and I heard the heavy <laughs> breathing, which made me think that he was really in distress, oh. or she was, or something. Yeah. And so it really didn't hit me that they were enjoying one another. And then shortly after that, my sister and I were snooping underneath my parents' bed while they weren't home. Uh-huh. And I found a magazine of different sex positions. And so we began to wow. look through the different pages and saw different sex positions. And yeah, that was kind of... So wait, back up. When you walked in on Nona and Dadad... Did they see you? Did they know that you had seen them? Yes. And <laughs> my dad instantly said, you need to leave. But basically kind of said, hey, get out of here. Kind of quickly. So based on that exchange, what did you understand about sex in that moment? I really still didn't understand didn't what understand was going that on. Was sex. No. Until I think I really had a lot of processing to happen before I actually came to that conclusion that mm-hmm. they were having sex. I still thought that something scary was going on. I didn't know whether to say that it was my dad attacking my mom or my mom being in distress somehow. My dad was helping my mom or my mom was checking my dad out to see if he had any needs somehow that needed looking at. I don't know. Hmm. It was very confusing. So... Did Nona and Dadad have a talk with you after that? No, they never brought it up. Really? Nope. You had no idea what was going on. So when did you figure out that they were having sex? Like, how um, old were you? I, I think it was probably a little more like the age of nine, maybe, mm. when it finally clicked. And only because my mom had this book that my older sister got first, and she was like one and a half years older than us, my sis- my twin sister and I. And it was called I Wonder, I Wonder. And in that book, it talked about basically the birds and the bees, and it used that kind of terminology. Mm-hmm. So it talked about where babies came from and all of that, but we weren't allowed to look at it, my sister and I, my twin sister and I. It was only supposed to be for my older sister. So every now and then we try to peek at it, but we were told that we weren't allowed to look at it because we weren't old enough. And I think by the time we hit nine, we were allowed to look at it. Hmm. And then it made sense that my mom and dad were actually checking each other out in a different way than what I conceived before. So what kind of sex talk did you have? We really didn't have a sex talk. Other than the only sex talk I had was more about your period and when you're old enough this is what's going to happen and this is what you're going to need to do when it does happen but it really wasn't any kind of sex talk whatsoever Hmm. I think it came mainly from the upbringing that I had sex was very very private and it was not something that was seen as beautiful it was more private and you always kept it behind closed doors what was your upbringing like tell me more about that well, I was brought up in and raised in a very strict Christian home. Um, the majority of the beliefs were Bible-based, but yet at the same time, 
Some of it was also family-based, where my family had certain beliefs about certain things. My mom was brought up by her mother, who was very, very strict in her beliefs about what women did and what women didn't do, what women should do, how women should act and how women should dress and how they should behave. Mm-hmm. Certain words were allowable, certain words weren't in re- reference to sex, in reference to a feminine, a female's body. I, I remember having a an older cousin. She was a little older, obviously, and more worldly, and she referred to them as titties. And I was like, what the heck is a titty? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, <laughs> why do you call it a titty? Never heard of that before. Uh huh. So that was kind of my, you know, the naivety of the situation. So you guys used like euphemisms to talk yeah. about your body. Yeah. Was it because of mostly sh- like a shame aspect or did it come from just wanting to be like private? Like you shouldn't say those words. I think it was, we were taught that you should never engage in talking about something that sounded like more of a grown up talk. Mm-hmm. And sex itself was not considered something beautiful it was more considered i guess maybe more worldly or more nasty Hmm. in some ways i mean like the vaginal area and women's private parts were called at the time it was like don't let anyone touch your poo poo i mean that was just the way it Hmm. was Mm -hmm. and um it was never don't let anyone touch your breast it was never that way Mm -hmm. don't let anyone touch your private parts Mm -hmm. so those were very very even with talking about being pregnant we weren't allowed to say the word pregnant it was you have to say she's having a baby so there was always certain things even calling the word butt as your butt we were saying we were taught to say you're behind Mm -hmm. and that was part of the upbringing that we were given don't be too grown be a child, be simplistic, and abide by, I guess you could say, the family rule of being very private with your your feelings and things like that. Did that ever bother you? Because, like... No, because it, I was maybe more naive and didn't really even know what really existed. Yeah. I mean, the very first time I really was even aware of even what an erection was was when I was about 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what an erection really was. I I was dating this guy, and as I was laying my head on his his lap, he told me he didn't like me doing that because it made him have an erection. And I was like, okay, I understand, I guess. But actually, <laughs> Did you understand? <laughs> I had no idea because I went straight home, and my twin sister and I actually looked up the dictionary of what I thought it was, and I was looking up the word eruption, Trying to spell it. I mean, I had no idea what he said. I thought he said eruption. Uh huh. And we figured out maybe it was, I mean, we went all throughout the dictionary and finally we found the word erection. Mm-hmm. And and then we were both like in shock that that's what he said it was causing. It was just mind boggling to think that that kind of thing actually really happened. It was. And that was your first experience with even understanding that penises get erect? Yeah. But I mean, that's not that's not so bad. I mean, being 13, 14, figuring that out. It's just interesting that you never got a talk from your parents about what it sounds like. Did your parents ever talk to you about like 
man's bodies and their no. penises so you never even saw the penis? only time i think the only time i accidentally did was walking in on my father while he was peeing and that was accidental mm-hmm. but other than that no and then of course seeing it in that magazine that my dad had underneath the, their bed but i never saw that other than when my mom babysat a little boy and then she changed his diaper but it was not something that was readily talked about or mm-hmm. discussed and my parents were not really affectionate so to imagine sex and affection being one or close to the same it was over my head it was not something i really even thought about well that makes sense too why like when you saw nona and dad having sex you thought like how weird that was because they weren't affectionate so Obviously, like, your kid brain would think, like, oh, my gosh, he's attacking her. Yeah. Because there wouldn't have been that connection of, like, oh, they're being affectionate with each other. Right. And the only thing else that that kind of panicked me was the fact that there was heavy breathing, which scared me. Hmm. Because I was hearing the heavy breathing, and I was like, okay, why is he sounding that way? I've never heard him sound that way. And so it didn't sound like it was pleasurable. In my mind, it was not pleasurable. It was more something's wrong, something's not right. Yeah. So, based on what you knew at, like, 13 and 14 about erections, like, when did those things start to come into place of, like, oh, this is what sex is? Like, what did you sort of understand about what sex was at 13, 14? I think that was more the, that particular incident made me want to explore a little further what it really was. But still not really, because in my mind, it was more sinful, I think, I guess, in some ways to really explore further words like masturbation and words like I mean all of that seemed like it was almost like a shock to even talk about or discuss and so I tried not to even focus on those things until I ended up dating this guy who wanted to have oral sex I had no idea he wanted you to give him oral sex yes but the very first time before that let me back back up I was at least 12, 13, when I had my very first kiss. Mm-hmm. And he tried to French kiss me. And even then, I didn't know what a French kiss really was. All I thought was it was disgusting because he tried to put his tongue in my mouth. And it took me a while to even get past that point of him invading my space in a way that he shouldn't have. Yeah. And so then after that particular time, I felt really, really dirty and guilty because that was not something I had ever heard about as far as a French kiss. And then it was like, oh, that's kind of disgusting. Hmm. But that was, so that was like age 12, 13. And then the erection thing. And then, so it was kind of like evolving. Mm -hmm. My thought about sex evolved very, very slowly and very naively, I guess you could say as well. So from 12, there was the French kiss. From 13, 14 was the erection comment. And then 16 was the guy that wanted to have me give him oral sex. And then, of course, the comment of when you give oral sex, you swallow the cum and it gives you more protein in your body. All of that. (laughs) He said that to you? Yes. Yes. Wow. So in all of that, 
I, I grew up still very, very naive and very, very confused about this whole thing. And so honestly, sex was more disgusting to me because... It sounds being, like it was traumatizing for being, you. And the very first time he pulled that out, I looked at it and went, oh my freaking gosh. You're talking about his penis. Yes. So you were, this is when you were how old? 16. Okay, okay. And he showed it to me and I was like, oh my God, I didn't want to touch it. <laughs> And you're trying to tell me that you suck on that and you swallow what? Swallow what? So I didn't really know anything about it. All I knew was that anything I learned, I took back home to my twin sister. Yeah. Because she would stay awake until I got home and I told her everything so that she'd understand it too. Well, yeah, and that was going to be my question was like, did you have any conversations about sex with your friends or about like their experiences with sex to no, inform because, you and your experience no, with sex? No, um, because I went to, first of all, a lot of my friends, we went to a Christian school. So if they did have it, which I know that they did, they kept it to themselves. It was very private. Nobody wanted to admit that they were having sex outside of, you know, their Because do you think it's because upbringing. they were ashamed? Yeah, that? more than likely. They didn't want to admit that they were either fast, loose, and... One of my friends, they called her Luscious, and I won't say her real name, but yeah, one of her names was Luscious, and the reason why she was called Luscious is because she was always capable of going to first base really quickly. Wait, wait, wait! What was first base for you back then? First I'm very base curious was about that. Really, really touching, oral, um, orally stimulating. It's so interesting. I would have thought that like. Because this was, like, in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. So I would think that in the 70s, first base would be, like, I don't know, touching. Yeah. And second base would be, like, oral sex. It's interesting yeah, that first no. base was oral. I think more, I think maybe could have been between first and second. But I would say that oral sex was probably very, very close to maybe first or second. So you learned that, like, people got a reputation for certain bases that they encountered. Yeah. The reputation was that. And I remember one time in particular, I was in high school at the time, and I had a crush on this guy, and that particular guy was wanting to basically touch me all over in a very affectionate way, but at the same time, and I really had a crush on him, but basically he was trying to see how far he could get with me. So I assumed that you were a virgin until you got married? No. No. You were not a virgin when you got married. Nope. So what it sounds like your upbringing around sex was really like sheltered, really sort of like it happened to you, like you weren't an active participant. Like these are people that were trying to force themselves on you and you're like, oh, that's what an erection is or oh, that's what an erect penis looks like. Like how how did you develop into a sexual adult like based on – the, like, I guess what I'm asking is, like, how did you teach yourself about sex? Well, can I back back up? Yeah, in totally. In saying that I, when you asked me, was I a virgin before I got married, I, hopefully you knew that I wasn't. But no. it, okay. What I'm, what I think I need to say to you is that the conversation that I had with your dad was, do not admit to your girls that we had sex before we got married because then they would think that it's a free way for them to do it as well. 
So as much as I wanted to say that I that we did, he would not allow for me to admit that we had. And basically, it was more him forcing himself on me and me not really wanting him to touch me because still in this respect, I sex was not something I really wanted to try. I mean, I, by this time, I looked at sex like it was something deplorable or something that I really didn't want to experience. Yeah. So he thought that he was going to teach me what sex really was all about and how to find enjoyment in it. So he was my first one. Mm-hmm. But I was riddled with so much guilt after that time that I remember just crying because it was always my aim to be a virgin before I got married. And I felt like he took it away from me in some ways. How old were you? Um, probably 21. Okay. Because I remember I had my very first alcoholic drink at 21. And probably was that, that was probably when it happened because my my inhibitions were very, very low at that time because being a weak start and never having had uh, anything alcoholic, I probably was very, very much relaxed and tipsy. And I remember it happening and me just, after I kind of really realized what happened, then I felt like crap that I gave my virginity away to this person that supposedly was going to eventually be my husband, but there was no certainty about it. Did you tell anyone about what happened, about you losing your virginity? I told Aunt Cerrone. I always, I always told her everything because I, I wanted her to learn too. I mean, it was just being twins. I felt like she needed to know my experiences of whether I felt guilty, whether what it felt like. Did it feel good? Did it, did it hurt? I mean, we we were always very candid about things like that. So. I told her about it, and I told her how I felt very, very guilty about it. And, of course, she always gave me the whole, don't worry about it, it you know, it happened and, and all that. But it wasn't something that I was rejoicing over. And I really honestly wasn't even sure that I liked it. I, I just remember that it was more painful and more, it wasn't very stimulating to me. It was kind of like, okay, this is, this is what I've been waiting for all this time. <laughs> I mean, is this it? Yeah. This is really what sex is all about? So, obviously this is the first time I'm hearing this story. And um, I know, so I lost my virginity when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And when I lost my virginity, you guys flipped out. Yeah. Um, Daddy didn't speak to me for two weeks. I remember. He was very upset. Yeah. And... One thing that I will never forget is him saying, like, you you should have been more like your mom. You should have waited until marriage like your mom. And so for me to hear that, like, you didn't even wait. Yeah. I mean, do you feel guilty about that at all? Oh, like, yeah. knowing that, like, I shouldered so much guilt and shame and blame. Yeah, I do. And the only reason why I, I if I had to do all over again, I would have taken that, that all back because I wanted to tell you I wanted to tell you with every last bit of my being this is not the case you can tell her all you want to tell her but it's not true if I could go back to that day when you told us I would tell you in a heartbeat I wouldn't I wouldn't mince anything any of my words I would tell you 
but did you feel pressured at that time to be like oh well wait you know actually I had sex too back then I think my pressure came from him and he had much more control of he he was basically he was controller and I was naive enough to give him that control I wanted to do so much more than what I did when I was with him I I should have protected you and I should have protected your sister differently I should have followed my own mind but a lot of the time I did not follow my own mind I gave him more of what he wanted to hear more than what I wanted to do and now that I'm of course not married to him any longer I see where my own mind should have taken me and I see where I should have done things differently and I should have admitted that to you and to Jeremy a long time ago but at the same time I was also very ashamed that I didn't live up to those standards I thought that you guys looked at me like I was perfect and to admit that I was not perfect meant that I had to tell you guys that I wasn't we also had a conversation Mm -hmm. about the fact that he was slamming you so hard about not being a virgin that he didn't speak to you. And there were many times within that conversation that I told him, this is wrong. We need to tell her. And he refused. Hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. I don't understand. It really ate me up inside because I felt like he was scrutinizing you. I remember the letter that you wrote to us. I remember you asking for forgiveness. And all I could think was, why in God's green earth are you allowing her to be tortured this way and you won't tell her? You won't allow me to tell her. And I felt like it was it was wrong. I mean, even to this day, me thinking about it, I just, like I said, if I could do it all over again, I would. Because you didn't deserve to be made to feel like you were wrong in your choices. But it was still one of those things where he made me pretend as if it never happened. Well, I want you to know, like, I don't hold anything against you for that. I mean, I what I will say is that if you had told me back then the truth, I don't think that my impression of you would have been tarnished or damaged. I think, if anything, that would have affirmed me and made me feel like you're human and that you made mistakes and that the mistake I made wasn't such a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Well, I appreciate you telling me the truth. That's like pretty major. (laughs) I'm almost 30 years old (laughs) and I was under the impression my mom was a virgin when she got married and now now I know the truth. Which is, which kind of makes me feel good because, you know, I think there's this part of me that still carries a lot of guilt about having sex so young and then just based on how I was treated after that I mean I felt like garbage yeah so I mean this I feel validated I feel I don't know I I'm glad I know the truth (laughs) yeah but still you have to remember that I didn't feel good about it I was very very embarrassed and very ashamed that I did that it makes sense yeah So it wasn't something that I was very proud of. If I had it to do all over again, I would have gotten married and still remained a virgin. I felt like, and I still feel that to give yourself to your husband is one of the most special things that you can do. And flashing forward with my husband now, we both wanted to 
to be that. We want to recreate that gift of being able to give ourselves to each other. And we refused to have sex until we were married. And I love that we were able to do that because it kind of reclaimed what should have happened in my first marriage. Yeah. And to me, I was really proud. Even to this day, I'm still very proud. I remember one night we were still dating and we slept in the same bed and we agreed nothing would happen. He stayed on his side of the bed. I stayed on my side of the bed. I love that I woke up the next morning and felt good that I honored that and he honored that. And that when we finally did get married, it was our first time. Yeah. Had I had to do it all over again with my first marriage, I would have done a lot of things differently. Tell me about like how you see sex now. Like, I mean, it sounds like in the beginning, for a lot of of your years, sex was gross. It was full of shame and guilt, and there is a lot of hardship around it and challenges. And it sounds like, I mean, your relationship with sex wasn't consensual in a lot of ways. Like, tell me about, like, now that you're married and now that you, you're grown, you've had kids, like, what it, what is your opinion of sex now? Has it changed? Do you feel less shameful about it? Yeah, I do. I think that sex is more of, there's more of a freedom of my thought process because I'm with someone that really, really equally shares the intimacy with me. And there's no shame in it anymore. I can ask questions. I can tell him what feels good, what doesn't feel good. I mean, he's he pleases me and I please him. And I think there's more of a chauvinistic view in my first marriage and the way he treated me was more of a sex object in some ways more so than being something that was more of an intimate beautiful thing so being with my husband now I think that's something we enjoy together and his joy is making me feel pleased and that's my joy as well pleasing him before it was more of a it was more of a dread, more of something I didn't really want to do all the time. I kind of faked it at times because I really wasn't wanting to do it. It wasn't something that I looked forward to. It was more something I just went through the motions for. And now how is, how is it for you? I love the intimacy. Of course, I'm older, which means that being easy to be as turned on or fulfilled is a lot harder because of course things change and your your sex drive is not the same your intimacy is great but the drive is gone yeah it's not as much as if I was in my 20s or 30s but I love the intimacy sometimes it's just in being able to caress and stroke each other's skin and feel secure and intimate yeah it doesn't have to be something even deeper than that yeah and I love that. I love that we can talk about sex and not feel maybe inhibited by it. Whereas before I felt like I was just very, very clueless yeah. about all of it. So what, if you could go back in time and give sex advice to 12-year-old you, um, who didn't really know what an erection was... <laughs> What would you say to 12-year-old you about sex and sexuality? What advice would you give her? I think I would, I definitely know that I would tell 12-year-old me that sex is beautiful. It's a gift. It's not something to abhor or 
be afraid of or be fearful of or be ashamed of. I would look at it differently. I would learn as much as I could about my own body and see myself as beautiful instead of being shameful of it. I know that I would look at being able to own my own sexuality and being charge of it and not having somebody else being charge of it because that's not what it's all about. I know now that yes, the in, the act of intimacy is often viewed as two people, but it has to start with the confidence of who you are and how you feel. And if anyone makes you feel insecure or inhibited in any way, then maybe that is your warning sign. So I wanted to ask this last question because um, I'm just really curious about your answer. When I say the word sexual liberation, what comes up for you? What do you think that is or what does that mean to you? I think it would be more feeling free without restrictions, feeling confident and creative to try new things, but not going against your boundaries of things that make you feel hesitant or if it's against your beliefs or uneasiness. You have to have a sense of what makes you feel good and not do something because somebody else likes it. And being sexually liberating, I think, to me means being able to own your sexuality and just feeling good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to even say, I think, I feel really, really good when my husband and I are making love and I say, try this or do that or touch me here. That is, to me, sexually liberating. Maybe there's a different terminology no, for other people. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Mommy. And oh, you're welcome. Sharing your heart and these really personal things about you. No, oh, no problem. I really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, maybe we can have more sex talks in the future. <laughs> no problem. I mean, <laughs> you sound I, a little hesitant, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to do I, this again. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had this major conversation about sex and told my daughters some things about oral sex and all of that. And I just have to digest it all now. And wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should have some more wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> thank you for listening to the sexually liberated woman podcast i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it with a friend or leave a five-star review on itunes as for me, Evian, you can find me on my blog, sexloveliberation.com, where I write essays about sex, sensuality, and erotic power. I'm also on Instagram at evian.whitney, that's E-V-Y-A-N period, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, where I'm capturing moments of brazen femininity and sexuality throughout the day. And if you want to be a sexually liberated woman, go to sexloveliberation.com slash SLW 
and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your journey of erotic empowerment someday. See you in the next episode. Are you looking to treat yourself? Then head over to shockrubs.com and use the code LIBERATION to get 10% off your purchase of one of their beautiful, magical, 100% organic crystal sex toys. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S.com, promo code LIBERATION. Give your vagina something beautiful and may your orgasms be plentiful. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.